As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with Cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things like their wings on. How do you have time to consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro interviews. I, I take a morning bike ride and I listen to Oh, oh I want to hear more it about is. that, but go ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. I, I oh, really? Oh, wow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a post game edition of Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris, for some ungodly reason, joining us as well. It is 3.13 in the morning Eastern time, 2.13 in the morning here in, I wouldn't call it beautiful, uh, Fort Worth, but, you know, that's not to denigrate Fort Worth. It's just, you know, middle of a pandemic. It's not the place I want to be necessarily. But, uh, Zach, I think the question that everybody knows is coming your way as we start this podcast following the Eagles uh, dismantling at the hands of of the Dallas Cowboys on national television on Monday Night Football. Um, when you when you drop you a deuce, when you when you take you a deuce, you uh, you looking at it or you, you flushing it away? Once again, I think we need to explain the context to our listeners here so they don't think it's anything to do with my bathroom habits here. Um, Jalen Hurts said tonight that uh, the game is is like uh, a deuce where you flush it away. Right, you don't look at it. You he just said you take you a deuce. You don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're gonna flush it and move on. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what he said. It's Incredibly nice to be on the pod, Bo. Looking forward to this. Should take our job. So evocative and uh, appropriate because the Eagles uh, delivered a steaming pile of deuce uh, in this game. Zach completely outplayed in every uh, every manner and fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense was bad. The defense was bad. They were not just bad, they were sloppy. They had uh, 13 penalties, 15 if you count two that were uh, declined. Jalen Hurts didn't look like he knew what he was doing. The offense didn't look like it had a plan. The defense looked like they were ready to uh, just get 
taken apart any way that the Cowboys wanted. And uh, I think it was a, a, a serious dose of reality for uh, for the mm. Eagles after, uh, you know, the feel good uh, gassing up after week one. Uh, certainly I was as guilty as anybody. And uh, to get to get just annihilated uh, in this game when, you know, they had an extra day to prepare. Sirianni's talking up the uh, talking up the rivalry. He's got the T-shirts flowing. And they just show up and lay such an egg. And, uh, it, you know, you look ahead. They've got the Chiefs and the Bucks in two of the next three games. Their next eight opponents, there are only two teams with a losing record. And one of them is the Chiefs. The other is the Lions. So, like, uh, it, it, there's a chance that this thing could get ugly quickly. And I think the most disheartening thing from my perspective was that the offense looked like it didn't have a plan. And Nick Sirianni after the game said, uh, you know, the plan was to try to keep up with the Cowboys offense because they knew they were going to be so explosive. Like, what kind of plan is that? Like dictate oh, terms on your own terms. Like, no, it's the correct plan in, in theory. I, I don't, I don't think, think it is. But I, I don't think they followed through with it. Right. Like, I, I don't think the way they played suggested that straight to the. We're gonna, you're going to put the game on Jalen Hurts's arm against Dak Prescott. Like, what are we doing? Well, my point is, is, is you were not going to win this game in the teens, right? This was going to be a game where you, you needed to win in a shootout. And now that there's, there's different well, ways. Why does that, that have to happen. be true? Why, you know, shield talks about all the time, like the right game plan against, you know, to play the chiefs. Like you're trying to shorten the game a little bit, right? Uh, you still got to be aggressive and know that you can't just give the ball back. You gotta, you gotta be aggressive with your opportunities and know that you're going to have to score. But like, like from 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 the jump going like we're putting the game on Jalen Hurts's arm like where is the creativity in this offense where is where is like uh building something around Jalen Hurts as a runner uh where are like the the dynamic short passes we saw in week one and one of the I don't want to I don't want to get into like a big picture thing right away but uh you know they they had not a single snap of pre-snap motion in this game right and I asked Sirianni about that on Friday, why, why there hasn't been, why there isn't a lot of motion in this offense. And he said something to the effect of, um, you know, when you spend a lot of time uh, perfecting your, like he wants motion for motion. He doesn't want motion for motion's sake. And when you spend a lot of time, you know, perfecting your motion, that is time that you could be spending doing something else to, to work on the offense. And to me, what they spend time doing on the offense is, is, figuring out all these different inane personnel groupings. Like, why do we need to be spending time trying to figure out a way to get Greg Ward on the field or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the field? Why, like, in, instead of, uh, I know, and it's players, players, players over plays, 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 but I'd much rather spend time figuring out how to best utilize Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and either Zach Ertz or Jalen Rager, whoever's on the field, versus spending time in the lab trying to figure out how can we make sure we get the most out of J.J. Ortega Whiteside as a blocker for 15 plays a game. Uh, and it's <laughs> just like, if I'm if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, uh, like judging this hire through three games, and I know this is a long way to come after after week one when we were, when, when we were loving up everything we saw, but like, you know, Doug Peterson wasn't fired as a head coach. Doug Peterson was fired as an offensive coordinator. And... I'm not so sure that through three games I'm seeing enough of of 
Nick Sirianni as an offensive coordinator? I'm so lost as far as what I'm supposed to address here, right? Because we yeah, started, I mean, I'm rambling. It's late in the... We, we, we started this maybe by talking answer, about their game. Maybe you can answer the deuce thing again. <laughs> yeah, we started this by talking about their game plan tonight. And then uh, you you finished that by, by talking about them replacing Doug Peterson as not as the head coach, but as the offensive coordinator. So uh, we... Well, Zach, we, here's the thing. I'm not going to sleep tonight anyway, because uh, to see David Baker up there on the big screen, that's, I mean, I got no chance of sleeping all week. <laughs> so... All right, here. So I, I, I think you you brought up good points. Let's uh, let's start with tonight. I, I, I don't think their game plan itself was the issue. I, I, I think the the way they went about it, the execution was horrendous. Uh, you know, the the first seven Play drives execution. I'm in favor of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the first seven drives in particular, like that, that was the game, and and this is one of those games where. If you look back at it five months from now or five years from now, uh, you're like, yeah, those the stats say you know Jalen wasn't that bad. No, the the first seven drives here, interception, punt, 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 interception, punt. Okay, <laughs> um, that's th- they good. that's that's two interceptions, five punts, four total first downs during those drives. Uh, the the uh, it, it 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 was it was just it was bad and and that. At, th- at that point, that's when you were trying to keep pace with Dallas, and they couldn't do it. I I wrote it, and I believe it. The gulf between the two teams was evident, and I understand every game takes on a life of its own, but the Cowboys are a bellwether for you, not just because they're an NFC East rival, but also because they have a quarterback who's developed into a franchise quarterback, and they have – uh, an offensive coordinator who's who's hailed as as you know a creative offensive mind, and if you watch this game, you would believe like the Cowboys are far superior in both of those areas, and that's a concern because uh, because they are yeah, but be- because we're we're still in the process of learning about Jalen Hurts, but this is what you're trying you're trying to see can Jalen Hurts become that type of quarterback for you. And then you hired Nick Sirianni um, in in part because you're you're looking for offensive creativity, right? So uh, this was a discouraging night from that perspective. And if you think where they were two weeks ago when they had an offensive identity, and I understand you can't play every game the way you you did against the Falcons, and certainly the Falcons probably contribute quite a bit to that, uh, but. It seems like like uh, Jalen Hurts did, you know, a a week of um, like orientation, and then it's like, all right, now we're going to throw you into the AP classes. Um, there, they they really didn't try to do anything easy for him. Like like there was no quick passing game. Um, if he was making few and far between. Yeah, he was uh, he was forced to make passes that. Frankly, I don't know if if they're his 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 strengths, and you saw inconsistency from him. Uh, and and we can get. Well, to- I also think it's not. It, it, it wasn't just the game plan. It was him, like himself, not playing very well. Exactly. Like, he, he didn't see the field very well. Uh, you know, he. This was sort of like uh, much more of the Jalen Hurts we saw uh, after the Packers after the Saints game last year, where he was just sort of running around aimlessly for a while. He's only looking to his right. 
Uh, he's turning the ball over, and it's it's. I mean, it's it's just a long way from the guy we saw in week one. Now we should say he he uh, you know because because we are trying to kind of set the scene for our listeners. He he put this game on him. He said, "quote This one's on me." Then he said, "All I can do is take complete ownership for it, how I played and how it affected the team in the end." And he basically said, "If he does his job, they win the game." Now I I I, I don't know if I would phrase it like that, but he was not a good quarterback tonight. It's not that he wasn't good enough. He was not a good quarterback tonight. I think that's fair. Uh, I, I mean, there's so many, there are so many, there are so many things. And, you know, you look at the Cowboys team and you know what else you saw besides just a better team. And this is like something that always stands in contrast with these two teams. You saw young players making impactful plays. Uh, like they do such a better job drafting, especially at the top, than than the Eagles have done. I mean, CeeDee Lamb makes a huge play in the beginning of the game. Trayvon Diggs has a pick six and is locking guys down. Um, you know, it's Quez Watkins, and that's about it for the Eagles, right? Like uh, Jalen Hurts aside, like you know, Devontae Smith did not have a did not have a, a great game in this game. He was, let's see, what did he have? Six targets, what, three catches? Three catches for 28 yards. Um, and now I was looking at the next-gen stats, and, uh, you know, these these are not, like, be-all, end-all stats, but he's, like, Devontae Smith's average separation is, like, towards the very bottom of the league. And it's sort of, like, a reminder that one of the concerns we had in the beginning is that, like, the, what makes Devontae Smith great is, like, the precision to be able to like win in 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 small areas that like makes him a fit for a quarterback who is not like Jalen Hurts like that that the the, the match of those two guys their skill sets is not great uh, and well, yeah. it doesn't really make either one of them better no that that's a fair point on 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 Hurts and and you you know the 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 best case scenario for Hurts was like that people can improve and he, he, he has a mindset that, that you think can improve, but, but if, would you call it a growth mindset? I do believe he has a growth mindset, but he needs to get better. Right. And, uh, and uh, he, he showed strides during the summer, but, 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 but tonight was regression. I, I do think as, as we're talking about the offense, we can't ignore something that I, I know was on the minds of a lot of fans. Um, just, just judging by, uh, social media. So I, I, I know that's that's not a fair sampling, but it also came up quite a bit in the post-game press conference. And I imagine it's going to be a big talking point, and that's the lack of running plays. Um, three runs to the running back. And I'll, I'll say, or to the running backs, rather. Uh, Miles Sanders had had two carries. That's fewer than Corey Clement had for uh, Dallas. <laughs> um so I'll, I'll say this. I'm not a, uh, you know, you, you need to run the ball guy. Um, I, I think that the running was more of a symptom of the problem than the problem, right? Like, you know, they, they didn't have enough plays. They were playing from behind. They had penalties that, 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 that put them in compromising situations. So, like, all those are factors that lead to the lack of running plays. Uh, and as Jason Kelsey said, there were RPOs that, that could have been handoffs, right. you know, if, if the defense looked differently. That said – uh, you you want to run the ball more than three times when you're not passing the ball efficiently, right? Like I I, I mean, 
this isn't a bold take. I, I think most people agree with this now. It's better to be a, 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 a good passing team. Um, but it's not better to like, like pass when you can't pass the ball well, right? Um, and they weren't passing the ball well in the first half. And, and that's why I, I keep going back to those seven drives because just so many empty possessions. And I imagine we'll we'll get to this in a bit, but even when they 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 did have a chance to sustain drives, Sirianni punts the ball. Um, so yeah, so I I I do think they should have run the ball more, but I am I'm I'm not like uh losing my mind over the lack of running plays tonight, because I think it was more a symptom of these other things, which, as I said, the lack of plays overall um, and, you know, playing behind the sticks, things of that nature. I agree. And I'm definitely not a run the ball guy. I mean, everybody who listens to this podcast knows that Uh, that said, and I know that they like, they only had like nine plays or whatever in the first four possessions, but uh, like three, three rushes, (laughs) For Sanders and Gainwell yeah. combined, like that is too low. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And and you know you you know you talk to guys like uh, like Jason Kelsey and Zach Ertz after this game, and like they want to be able to lean on the running game. And like in this game against the Cowboys defense, like their front four that is that can be had, I was expecting them to lean much more on the running game. Like this offense is not going to separate itself with its passing game. They sort of need to be leaning on the running game, like incorporating what Jalen hurts can do as a runner. And they just don't seem to take advantage of, of that. Well, yes, I agree that they have like, I agree you that, that is, that is, I mean, you see it. I mean, it's, you know, Greg Roman's been, been designing these, this stuff for a long time, uh, but you see with Lamar Jackson, you see with all these other teams, like that is a gift you have. Uh, to make your running game more efficient, to have a quarterback, uh, to add to the the numbers game, and the Eagles just like they don't take advantage of that at all. It's it's very rare, and in this matchup, like that to me seemed like what was going to be the recipe for success. Keep the ball away from Dallas. I don't know. Yeah, one would think that. Uh, I mean, just based on what we've seen in training camp, based on what we've seen now in three games, that's not the offense Sirianni wants to run. Right. And uh, now that's the quarterback that you have, but I don't know if they've, I don't know if that's his offense. I, I frankly don't know if they hired this coach to coach this quarterback. Right. So, uh, so, so we'll see as, as, as that progresses. I do think they need to use Hertz's legs better, more creatively than they have because it, because they are a weapon. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is the type of quarterback who is going to beat the Dallas Cowboys um, throwing the ball, you know, 39 times when it's, when it's not quick action, right. You know, when you have, yeah. yeah so, uh, so we'll see how that, uh, how that goes And But, uh, but my point is, is, is like, I, I don't think they, they beat the Cowboys if Miles Sanders has 15 carries tonight as opposed to two, right. Because that, you know, I, I think that they're, their problems tonight were were more than like just just run the ball. I think my problem is just that like th- this offense has no identity. And for Sirianni to say after the game that like the game plan was to you know, is, I, and and I don't want to like make too much of his phrasing because I'm sure uh, it's it is much more complicated than this. But when he answers the question like what was the game plan tonight, and he says it was to to like keep up with the Cowboys because we know they have an explosive offense. Like 
you're you're entering the game like already having having seated control like you're you're you're, well, you're playing no, as an because, under like what is your identity do what you do well don't try to don't try to match what they do well where there's no identity to this offense well well that's what i'm you know i i use that at that analogy that uh i kind of came up with on the fly but it really seems like flex <laughs> no no it's it's not a good analogy that's why I, I i put it that way but like week one was like this orientation when when week week one something that i know you can't do that every week but but use that as a template instead it's like all right well he he did this now mm-hmm. let's move on to the next level and it's like no i i don't know if the next level is where they should go right um like all right. these shot plays like i i don't know if if, if he, i i thought you asked a good question about uh the pass to Rager the first interception and but it was it was just a poorly thrown ball like it, he he I did, yeah I didn't like that because to me and, and maybe I'm reading too much into this but it was like it was the exact same part of the field as the Rager pass last week when you know he caught the ball but but stepped out of bounds and to me it was like all right let's let's prove that we can get it right this time like let's call this play and you're right I mean the throw was not good and he probably shouldn't have thrown it at all it looked like to me like he had Gainwell on a little angle route um but I don't know maybe that's maybe that's overreading that and thinking he was trying to get too cute but I mean it was not a, it was not a good throw now Marissa I I don't mean to put you on the spot at 3 30 a.m your time Oof, um stuff uh but if by any chance you were tuning into the Manning cast tonight I was I, oh, okay I I heard on that play they said that that it was a bad pass by Hertz. That that like Hertz Hertz underthrew Rager. They're it's I mean obviously with Peyton and Eli, but they're they're pretty harsh on the quarterbacks. Like the whole broadcast when they don't do mm. something. Like I think that's like the main focus. It's hmm. never. Um, so I don't remember that exact play. But, but like overall with Hertz, what was that? Were they agreeing that that it was a bad game from him? Yeah, there was a lot of things like the the penalty on Dillard when he was downfield. They're like, he that's not on the offensive lineman. Like Mm -hmm. the offensive lineman is called for the penalty there. And it's funny because Michael had said it right before Eli said it. He's like, that's, you know, that's an apologist. Yeah, exactly. He's like, that sucks. That gets called on the offensive lineman. Like he's got to get the ball out quicker. And that's exactly what Eli said right after that. So if Baker was over, he might have a different opinion. So, yeah. <laughs> now, Marissa, I didn't get a chance to watch the many broadcasts. Who were the guests? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know who the guests were. Um, it was actually it was great. Um, obviously, Chris Long was was on. Uh, he was. <laughs> I mean, I called that of, correctly. The out of the blue. <laughs> the wow. amount of tweets I got about that was pretty great. Not going to lie. Now, do we think Bo had intel? On the, on that, I promised you I had no intel. Uh, okay. I mean, I see. Like, I feel I'm, really good. I feel so good about that call. <laughs> I'm on Twitter all the time, and I, I there was no there was no inkling of it before before we recorded on Thursday. No, um, I just thought to that's myself. what I'm saying. That's why you so, know it, it, it's it's a very specific thing to bring up. So I, I thought maybe there was some intel going. No, well, I think I said I, originally I was thinking Dawkins, but then I, you know they had McAfee on, and so it made sense that that they would have on Chris Long. You know, someone well, already got his own thing. That going. wasn't their only um, big guest. I think Zach should get some points because they had Saban on. Well, wow. <laughs> Zach is going to be rewatching that bad boy for a long time to come. <laughs> Saban, uh, Putting it in the James, folder. 
um it was it was it was very good very interesting uh, now super sarcastic as i take a look here uh there is there is uh, there is uh further adjud- adjudication that we need from you marissa oh geez okay uh, the controversy yeah the mccarthy thing that, mike that mccarthy botches a game management decision that has the football world talking post game and on tuesday what do uh, we think i felt like i mean that's not some that's not like a tuesday morning co- i mean maybe it is because it was all like that was bad and they broadcast uh, the Manning cast was talking all about it. Twitter was up all on it. So, but it's not like Tuesday morning. They're like, Oh my gosh, you know, that wasn't the focus. I think the focus is Jalen hurts Tuesday mm. morning. I think I got to give it to shield. I agree. I think it was a, a game management decision that was all over social media. Peyton Manning was disgusted by it. I think he knows a little bit more about football than I do just a little. So I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) So I, you know, and I, again, got some tweets that like, I got to give shield the point. So now I have, there's another one. We give it to him. Does he get the Josh sweat sack? This was a half a sack. sack. Okay. I think he gets it. What do we think? So um, that was another one where I was, I think I was folding towels and Michael was like, Oh, Josh sweat. got just got a sack. (laughs) That's so exactly I, how Zach reacted in the press box. That is not how Zach reacted in the press box. Yes, it is. Like, that, is literally, that is not. He started a, doing a little jig. Uh, please, uh, for the sake of my professionalism, that is not how I reacted in the press box. I was observing the game. And then, and when, and then when Derek Barnett jumped off sides, I think you I, I think you broke your computer. Is that what you did? You That's not. No, no. By the way, the, the Derek Barnett criticism was about unsportsman it was about unnecessary roughness not about just jumping off sides <laughs> you started right. you started pounding and just chanting to yourself pound of flesh pound of flesh pound of flesh for our listeners that is not accurate okay i i am uh, i i maintain professionalism at all times in the press box you started you started sharpening your knives i will say so the, what do we think the video Half a sack. That- he said has a sack I don't know. If yeah, that I think he gets it. I, I think, think he gets it. Yeah, they they called his name. I, I just I feel like he he's got to get and he it. He very he he's the one who brought him down. Avante Maddox had one of those Hugh Douglas sacks where he jumped on him at the end. Yeah, I mean I would have given that that uh, sack to sweat uh, that sweat to sack that that sack, sack to sweat. sweat. So that gives Shield three. Uh, Zach, you had none, and I had two. I had Chris Long joins the Manning broadcast, and Alex Singleton has more tackles than Michael Parsons. So Shield takes the lead in super sorecasting. He has one and a third. Well, well when you said I, I have none, it's it's kind of like when, you know, Les Need puts up Jalen Ramsey on his, on his draft board, right? No, it's um, not because Jalen Ramsey is not playing for you in this game. You have, I, I have you, 17 you have only, turkeys it's the that I'm carrying over. It's the complete opposite. It's like <laughs> it's like you have a you have a bad record, but you're putting up your future draft picks on the board. In yeah, I have 17 turkeys that I'm carrying over. Okay, what I am that doing you will is, do nothing with. No, no, that that uh, it's the no. complete opposite of Les Snead. No, what I'm saying is is that you you are being uh, literal. To, you're being too 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 literal. I'm you know I'm I have the longest view in the room here. Okay. You're, you're gonna, and then you're going to use your uh, your number one overall picks on two guys who can't shoot. <laughs> All, right. All right. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, I don't even know what what we need to talk about after this. Uh, so, what was was there? Can I bring something up here? Um, means, and I, I certainly don't want to seem aggrieved by it, but uh, I it asked. Baker? It occurred. I asked about it. Uh, I I I was nonplussed. Is 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 that the word you would use about the uh, about the explanation? Um, so. Sirianni has a fourth and five. Okay. Mm. Let me pull this up here. Um, Pound of flesh. (laughs) Fourth and five at the Dallas 46 uh, with what? Five minutes, nine seconds to go in the second quarter. At that point in the game, it is 20 to seven. Okay. Uh, I think you were right about this. Now he, he sends on Sipos to punt. Um, it's, the best, it's the best play on the team. Uh, I I don't like the call. Now I, I didn't have the well, the numbers in front I, of me. I, the way that you framed it to Sirianni, I think, is correct. In that, if you are going to have this uh, this outlook that you need to keep up with the Cowboys' offense, then you got to be going for that. Exactly. Like if if you're, you're in this field position. To- if you're in this field position game where where like your approach is like all right let's just make it really hard you know like you were saying let's let's shorten the game uh you know we're gonna make them uh, go the length of the field uh we're gonna wear clock away we're gonna limit the amount of like easy chances they could have at, at, at scoring then then fine play the field position game even if i don't like it but uh if your whole thing is we gotta score we gotta score Fourth and five, Dallas uh, 46, down 20 points, second quarter. You can't punt that ball. I mean, that's that's just – that's a bad decision. And in my – or I, I shouldn't say bad decision. I, I That's a that's too conservative of a decision. And it's not it's it's not what I would have done in that situation. And, well, does it and match up said, philosophically with the way that they called the game in the first half? And he said that, that that's what the chart told him to do. And he's he's trusting the chart now. I I I don't know what chart they have. I don't know what what uh, you know what what models or what variables were going into the models they were using. You know, I don't know if it was based on on Dallas. It was based on being the road. It was it was based on circumstance in the game. But uh, I'm just lunar calendar. I'm just speculating here that whatever model Jeffrey Lurie endorses, I can't imagine it includes punting the ball in fourth and five at Dallas's forty six. Right, like that. So then, you think the so, model he endorses is Iman. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I, I did not like that. And then uh, he had a fourth and five at Dallas is forty nine. 
um, with, mm. uh, you know, with like a, a minute to go or, or thereabouts in the second quarter. And in uh, that one, I'm okay punting it if Dallas – if, if Dallas didn't call a timeout, like, and, and that was the bad time management that we were saying from McCarthy's perspective, right? If 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 they're gonna, no, I I would have, I would have gone for it there. Um, tried to get a field goal. You're getting the ball going in the half. Uh, you know, if, if you can make it a 2010 game and then you get the ball coming out of half, I I I would like that. So I I would have tried to get a, a, another 10 15 yards. But I know the argument there is that if you miss that fourth and five, you're at midfield, then you can set up Dallas for a potential field goal. Um, so I can be talked out of that one, although I, I would have gone for it. I definitely would have gone for fourth and five at the uh, 46. And I think it was a – I disagree with, with Sirianni's decision. I think it was inconsistent with his plan for the game. And I don't know – I don't know what like Sirianni's doing on these four towns, to be honest with you. It's like the coach he was, you know, so I don't know if it was an overcorrection for um last week, but like 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 last week he's gone for all these fourth downs, right? Uh they don't work. Um, and then this week he's he's doing the opposite. So now I think we all agree, uh, not to go back to this, but I think we all agree that uh Dennis is as plugged in on on super sarcastic as it gets, correct? Correct. He just messaged me to say, I am assuming Sweat's half sack doesn't count as a sack. No. No. Out of the blue, he just messaged me that without having listened to this. This is not live. I think he's right. And he also doesn't have the McCarthy one as counting. He says the football world is definitely not talking about Mike McCarthy doing anything wrong now and certainly won't be tomorrow. But Marissa gets the call, he says. If Peyton Manning was talking about it, then that's the football world talking about. I don't know. I don't know. That's just that's just for the sickos. It's not the whole football world. I will say at halftime, it was the discussion for sure. Like it was all over. But it was about Tuesday. It was about the day after. Well, it does say post game. game. It does say post game. We're talking about it. Well, we're talking about it because it matters for the game. We're talking I about because it matters for argue, the game. I would argue that I would argue that with Sweat and McCarthy, those are two half points that add up to one point, thereby tying him with me. I can assure you that if you had those and Shield did not, that <laughs> you would have given yourself the points. I'm here to points. argue. I mean, so Dennis is Dennis is plugged yeah, in here. Dennis is is the official stat keeper, so it, it's making making me question myself. Um, in any event, I, I've, I've been up for 20 hours. I got to be up in three hours. We don't need to adjudicate <laughs> uh, super sorecasting right now. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's have Shield on, on, uh, on Thursday when we do the pod. We can flesh that out. Marissa, can I tell you what, uh, about the ultimate flex that occurred before the game tonight? Let's hear it. Uh, it was about, I would say, about an hour away from kickoff. And Zach stands up from his seat in the press box looks down at me from his perch above <laughs> and says, quote, unquote, these five words. I'm going to go sign a book. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, first off, I appreciate anyone who purchased underdogs to Philadelphia Eagles Motion Road to Super Bowl victory. And like I said, I'm like, on the first year on this podcast, anyone who, who has a copy and they want me to sign it, if you come to an Eagles game, um, I will, I, I will do my best to sign it now, now tonight with, uh, with 90,000 people there, there were some logistical, 
um, issues that we ran into, but uh, uh, we are going to solve it in Charlotte when uh, when our our uh, reader is is at the. I hope I can say his name, Roberts. When when Roberts coming to the Eagles Panthers game. Yep. So we had a chance to to have some uh, have some tacos with Defop Ed last night. Quality place, Velvet Taco. I'm a quality company too, but quality place. And quality company. I'm a, I'm a big Ed man. Shout out to uh, Ed, Rebecca, and KJ. Um, I was going to tell my Eli story, but I could I guess I could save that for later. You can find. Is it, is it a succinct one? Uh, I don't know. Have I told this story? It's okay. We'll save it for later. We'll save it for another Manning broadcast. I've, I've got oh. a lot of Eli stories for you. I'm a little nervous to, to, I don't know what path this is going to go down, but you did message us to remind you to tell your censorship. Story. Yes. That's the same as the Eli story. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just about how uh, the only thing I ever wrote for Philadelphia Eagles.com that was uh, censored was mm-hmm. a very silly thing making fun of Eli Manning's uh, interception totals and his funny faces. And uh, Chip Kelly did not want that as bulletin board material. <laughs> really made a difference in the game. <laughs> so Eli will always have a place in my heart. Eagles uh, fans have a place in his heart too. I'm after his. Uh, I heard the double bird. Double yeah. bird. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Uh, here's a here's a here's a David Baker thing, Zach. <laughs> now, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, David Baker is the uh, uh, enormous, chilling-looking man who runs the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he was there at halftime tonight uh, because there were these uh, Cowboys who who have been inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he ended David Baker ended the thing by saying, "Go Cowboys!" Now, how are we to how are we to feel? about a man entrusted as the gatekeeper for the Hall of Fame saying, go Cowboys and showing partiality. It's 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 like a reporter saying the Eagles are going to win a game because of the crowd, right? He's, he's pandering to his fans. No, it's not. <laughs> the, uh, it would be like a referee <laughs> saying the Eagles are going to win because of the crowd. He's supposed uh, to be, he's supposed to be the, the, uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh eagles lost by 20 points we need to get david baker what is david baker doing he can't be doing that he's he's honoring the whole thing he's supposed to be impartial it's fine um i i i mean there are some some other things from the game i I do think we should no wonder drew pearson got in (laughs) there are some other things from the game I, i do think we need to discuss go cowboys ridiculous scaring children um isaac samalu had a had a serious injury tonight um that's true are you are you speculating achilles i mean they're saying a foot i think uh, john clark reported a fractured foot fractured foot okay not not as definite but that's what he gotcha okay well well, there you go okay so i i i'm glad we didn't speculate achilles i just i just know foot carted off the field carted off when you get carted carted off off. and, and he was the reaction from uh, yeah, Boas after the game. Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Boas, Jason Kelsey about it, and, and Jason Kelsey, uh, which is touching. It like he was, he was visibly emotional. Um, had to take thirty seconds to to like gather himself, and you know just talk about his his admiration for for Sayamalu, and it's a uh, uh, 
yeah, I, I mean, you respect it because like you see just just the like genuine affection among teammates, right? Um, and so, but uh, it 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 obviously shows the severity of the injury. I I don't think that's Jason's reaction if if you know Isaac say Malu like uh, you know twisted an ankle, right? It, you know it shows this is a serious thing, and so uh, they had Andre Dillard starting. Um, which we haven't even talked about. And yeah, which we haven't talked well about. And, uh, and we, it actually, it came out after our podcast on Thursday, right? Um, yes. The My Loud Injury. Yeah, so uh, we haven't even discussed that on the pod, but I assume you've read our, our content, or I hope you've read our, our, our content. Jordan My gets hurt at practice Thursday. Uh, he kind of tells the team on, on, on Friday, it's a, uh, it's a sprained knee. He's not going on IR, which means that they that they think he can come back within you know the next three games. Um, so we'll see. But uh, but Andre Dillard starts. So and, and then of course we know Brandon Brooks's injury. Landon Dickerson was in there. So now the Eagles are down. Yeah, he did three, not look good tonight. So they're down three starters on the offensive line, and it's like it's. Well, yeah, we talked all off season about you know if they stay healthy, and exactly we, we've made it through three games, and they've already lost three guys. Yep, and then. Uh, you know, defensive line. Now, Fletcher Cox, you know, that was not an injury. You know, he he lost a lot of weight this week uh, because he had an illness. And so now, he had how cramps. much weight do you think a lot of weight is? Well, it's all relative. You know, when when you're 320 pounds and you don't eat for four days uh, or or you have an illness, I imagine, you know, it's it's a substantial amount of weight. What are we talking? 60 pounds? No, I'm, I was thinking like 15. Oh, I don't think it's even that many. Do you? I don't know. I mean, I think I think you lost fifteen pounds in a week. I was I was gonna say this like I'm trying to say this in like a respectful way. I think Marissa's a resident expert on like on like uh, you know big football players, mm. right? Like uh, like the the, vag- the weight vagaries of a of a big, strong, powerful man. Yeah, like if they eat a certain amount, if they don't eat a certain amount, like I I think she would know how how that affects their well being. Marissa. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was listening to the ads that we, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. sorry about that. I was worried that I offended you for a moment. So Michael, oh no. If, I if was Michael, like, I heard weight Marissa being an expert and I'm like, oh shoot, uh-oh. piece it together, piece it together. <laughs> Marissa, so, if Michael didn't eat for four days. How oh, much weight do you think he would lose? Well, he would be miserable. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. He was miserable that I was like, I don't feel like I need a snack tonight. I'm like, let's just go to bed. He took a little nap before we recorded this podcast. Um, I don't know. He would, God, I think he can lose sometimes in a practice, like eight pounds. Whoa. Yeah, if he's sweating a lot. So so the context here is that Fletcher Cox had an illness. Uh, he said he, he, like, he, he couldn't eat for four days, lost a lot of weight. So he had cramps tonight. And, uh, you know, they just thought that it was, it was best if, if he stayed on the sideline because of, you know, what his body's been through this week. I would say, well, and if he was like practicing and uh, did, did he practice this week? I would say no. like, I would say like 10 to 15 pounds. Okay. I would say that's a lot of weight for doing nothing and not eating. Oh, that's definitely a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, don't quote me. Like, I'm really not an expert, but I would say. You're the closest we've got. You're the closest we got. Yeah. I would say that's a lot of weight. Like, I know that sometimes if Michael's like weighs himself in the morning and works out, like 
he could lose like eight pounds in a in a in a hard workout. So yeah. It's all relative. Man, I'd yeah. love to lose eight pounds in a workout. <laughs> I mean, like once you start drinking water and stuff, I think he like will gain it back. Hmm. But um yeah, so if he wasn't eating and wasn't practicing, I would say, I don't know. I, I would think that's about right. But not uh, sure. De- Dennis checks in again uh, because she also had uh, Derek Barnett is flagged for unnecessary roughness. And obviously he had the offsides. And then we didn't even talk about the the broadcast showed Nick Sirianni saying, like, it's always him. <laughs> and I think he was talking to you, Zach. I think you guys got, you guys got plugged in on the I, radio together, which was nice. I don't and, think and that, you were like, but... I know that's right. But look, and, uh, I, Dennis said uh, Barnett had a stupid penalty. Sweat got part of a sack. McCarthy did something sort of dumb. Dot dot dot. Shields list is a portfolio of near misses, but it's a game of inches. He's so, got me up two to one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I, I do think we need to speak about uh, the penalties here. This is three games now, so the sample size is getting bigger. And this is, uh, this is problematic, all right? Um, they, they have uh, the most penalties in the NFL, I believe, right? The, the, according to Tim McManus um, mm-hmm. from ESPN Stats Info, the uh, – set the record for most penalties through the first three games of the season in franchise uh, history, in franchise history, in, not in NFL yeah. history. And um, Nick Sirianni, he, you know, uh, two of his, his, his five core values are <laughs> football IQ and fundamentals, right? Like and accountability. That's three of the five. Yeah, yeah. So, 60% is like penalty. Based. Yeah. And, and uh, this expression that he's, he's been using where, you know, you need to like, like be great at the things that require no talent. Like they are, they are an undisciplined football. When is he going to put like, Derek Barnett in jail? <laughs> I'm not even talking about Derek Barnett here. And I'm, I'm just talking like, just, just overall, just the amount of, of, uh, of, I, I, I don't even want to say foolish penalties because, because sometimes they're just in, you know, it's, it's a holding here. Um, well, and they're coming in like, they're coming in every way. Yeah, in, in in every form or fashion, like it's spread across the team. Here are the there. So they committed 15 penalties tonight. Only 13 of them counted. Here's here is how they were split up. Javon Hargrave had one. Uh, Darius Slay had one. Marcus Epps had one. Derek Barnett had one. Greg Ward had one on special teams. Isaac Sayamalo had one. Zach Ertz had one. Andre Dillard had two, although, as we talked about, one was not really his fault. One was uh, Milton Williams had one. Landon Dickerson had one. Lane Johnson had two. Nate Herbig had one. And there was a 12-man-on-the-field penalty. Like, that's 
like half it's on offense, half on defense, half that were pre-snap, half that were during. Uh, it's it is it's undisciplined. Um, mm-hmm. And all now, I, I do think that like a bunch of them came in the second half uh, when the game was already sort of out of like uh, you know the outcome was already decided and maybe guys were getting more sloppy. But I don't. That's not a good thing either. No, no. So it was. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean that's that's bad. That is bad. It is bad. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? What, like what the, it's as, as you like to say, every week is a season, but like the, week one feels like years ago, but I mean, now they committed a bunch of penalties in that game too. Um, but like everything seems so much, so much crisper, I guess really all it does is tell us how bad the Atlanta Falcons are. Mm-hmm. And by proxy, how bad the New York giants are. Mm-hmm. You really are trying to get out of here, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, there's there's more I can talk about here. Uh, real quick, um, Hurts' interception, the digs. I know Devontae Smith fell. Uh, when I went to watch it back, it certainly looked like uh, like Diggs just no Diggs just read it. And if even if Smith was upright, like Diggs just would have jumped in front of him. That's so right. yeah. So uh, I'm just I'm just going through my notes here um defense uh i mean they played soft right for you you knew the very soft yes. yeah you you knew the cowboys were gonna throw the ball they, I, they I don't think we've get, spent enough time on the defense actually because like the defense was bad tonight and mm-hmm. you know they, they only let up two uh explosive plays by the you know the 20 uh plus but they like they were like six that were at least 15 yards but they like it looked like the cowboys especially in the first half could move the ball however they wanted. Yeah. I mean, uh, every run was like six yards and every pass was super easy to complete. Um, they weren't, they were not getting enough pressure on Dak. Uh, like a defense that looked like it could be something pretty good in the first two games um, looked just totally outclassed and sort of scared of this, of this Cowboys offense. Now, you know, I was hoping we were going to see, uh, you know, some, some tricks from the, from the defense, not a lot of blitzes. Um, we did see a, a few new things. We saw a, uh, a new formation where it was like the base personnel up front. So you had four linemen, three down linemen, one of the standing guys and Jannard Avery, but also um, a nickel defensive back group. So that meant only one linebacker on the field, true linebacker, not counting Jannard Avery. Uh, that was a new thing, but you know, it's not like it, uh, worked wonders or anything like that we saw a similar thing with uh just the different personnel that they were using up front and at linebacker but it was not uh it was not anything exciting now the one thing that uh i i I will say and i i know this isn't something eagles fans might want to hear but but there is a chance this cowboys team's really good right like they they lose week one to the bucks um at the in you know the last minute of the game Right, they they beat the Chargers last week. Chargers are are a good team that just beat Kansas City, um, and they completely outclassed the Eagles. Now we'll see. They have the Panthers next week, uh, but then after that, I mean, they have the Giants, Patriots, Vikings. Like, I mean, I, I mean, the the Cowboys could be running away with this division. Um, yes. Like my big takeaway, my big takeaway tonight was just the the gulf between the Cowboys offense and the Eagles offense. 
Yeah. And, and the Eagles and, have gotten just donkey whomped the last three trips to Arlington. Mm-hmm. They lost by at least 20 points each of the last three times. Mm-hmm. 115 to 48 over those three games. Cowboys mm-hmm. mm-hmm. are, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough matchup for them. And it's like, you know, those those pieces, I, I mean, Dak's not going anywhere, right? Um, CeeDee Lamb and Mari Cooper, um, you know, uh, Zeke Elliott, Tony, uh, uh, Tony Pollard. I don't know how much longer that backfield will be together. But but point is, is, is like that's a team that uh, – that their their core is going to be in place, and so if the Eagles are 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 going to be something in this division, um, they need a coach and a play caller. That oh, I'm sorry, a quarterback and a play caller that is is going to do what Sirianni said, which is you know keep pace with them. And tonight they did not keep pace. So I mean, you asked me this question in the car, uh, Zach Flex, that we you, you drove the car. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your like? Does this change your big picture? thoughts on the team so through three weeks do you how do you feel about this team relative to how you felt at the start of the season they're essentially what i expected going into the year right they're inconsistent there's there's growing pains um i i think you know the first two games they, they look better than i expected i thought tonight was a step back i i, I purposefully don't overreact to one game like i say every week's a season That's uh the whole but fun but I, I I did say there. going into the year right that that the the first you know two months of the of the season is going to be tough sledding for them and then they're going to be a team that that gets some some momentum going into the back half of the season of you know going into next year you're going to hear well the way they finished the season and and uh, I I think you mentioned it my mind is a complete blur right now but I think you you mentioned the upcoming schedule the. Uh, What's well, the Chiefs, the Panthers, the Bucks, the Raiders, um, then the Lions after that. So, but these next four games so are the Chargers and the Broncos. Okay, yeah. So, so this is this is a tough schedule coming up, and uh, and there aren't many wins, and like there aren't many that you say they have a good chance of winning. Now, there's there can always be, be upsets. In one of the next eight games. Yeah, so there can always be upsets, but um, but I, I think this gets worse before it gets better. Yeah. And, but you know, it's not like, you know, yes, it's an outcome based thing, but we're not, we're not judging them based on the outcome here. Like, you know, if they come out next week and have an interesting offensive game plan and are able to move the ball consistently against the chiefs and they lose, that's fine. You just want to see that, like uh, the stewards of moving this organization forward, uh, know what they're doing. And you know, right now, as they embark on this on this rebuild, you know, do you have faith that they're going to make the most out of the draft picks? Do you have faith that that this uh, coaching staff is going to be able to to formulate um, a cohesive offensive game plan week to week? Right now, I think you're not so sure. I mean, it's been three games. We're we're it's it's way too early to say. You know, give Sirianni some time, but uh, it's it's been a, it's been a fall since week one. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. I know you want to go to sleep. <laughs> I still got to write. <laughs> I got, I got, uh, I got a day coming up, man. I, I'm, yeah. I'm on radio coming up. I got a day. Well, it's your so. own fault for committing to that early AM radio spot. That's that's fine. Uh, anything to promote the athletic. So. Any more thoughts uh, on David Baker? <laughs> uh. He's a scary guy. You have to admit. No, I, 
I don't judge someone based on them being big any more than I would want someone to judge me based on being small. So it's not just that he's big, he's creepy. <laughs> Go Cowboys. I mean, what is that? I'm you're not a great You're supposed to be the gatekeeper. Go Cowboys. <laughs> he would be a good gatekeeper, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, I'm like terrified of what's inside the gate if that's the case. Isn't that the purpose of a gatekeeper? They keep the gate for you, right? They. Oh, well, he's also like, I believe if you do some research, he's like committed some like campaign uh, <laughs> finance fraud when he ran for office. Uh, I'm not getting ago, into so. this. It's just, it's, it's a matter of public record. <laughs> Go Cowboys. I mean, come on. What's next? Like Sean Lee's going in the Hall of Fame? <coughs> Give me a break. We're coming back Thursday with Shiel. Uh, looking forward to that podcast. Uh, big week ahead. We're going to have a, a double yep. supersized episode, uh, getting his thoughts on this game and also looking forward to Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I imagine that the uh, the game plan for Sunday, it, my prediction is they need to keep pace with the Chiefs offense. So My prediction is pain. You got to be comfortable in the silence. Yeah, you know what I mean? All right. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Burns with Friends post-game edition. Uh, sorry to everybody who uh, who watched that game, but hopefully this podcast made it worth it. I'm sure it did. I'm sure you enjoyed the David Baker discussion and the uh, minute about super sorecasting. Uh, for Shiel and Dennis and Ed and Zach and Marissa and Michael, and of course, David Baker. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. Go Cowboys. And as always, we love you.